Kaylin, how's it going? Cam, okay, good. Happy Sunday. How are you? I am good. Yeah, just uh, getting my, you know, getting my day started here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Have you done anything it's fun actually over the weekend? Probably, um, the weekend was not super fun. <laughs> like we, uh, it was a lot of accounting stuff. Mm. Um, like when I saw you on Friday, um, was working on trying to prep my expenses for when my accountant comes over. I'm trying to catch up on a couple years outstanding. I might have even talked about it on here at some point. Like I was basically pretty much done. And this is like, this was actually getting it to the point where we can fill out the tax forms and submit it to the CRA. So do you feel yeah, better? Very now? fun weekend. Oh man. If it's such a weight off my shoulder, there's still a bit more to do, but like, yeah, definitely worth it. And I can't wait to be free from this. I don't so, know how like, people are accountants. <laughs> yeah, it was like so the reason why you had so many like taxes to do is why? Because you had Airbnb, you had a band, you did freelancing. Is that yeah, pretty exactly. much the main thing? It was yeah, mainly the issues were from the Airbnb and music side of things. This is from a couple years ago, still like hadn't submitted just because if I didn't fill out all the expense forms and stuff, like if I didn't track and uh, like I kept a, basically the worst like shoebox of receipts and ended up going through all that and categorizing it all. And, you know, it makes a huge difference of how much tax you're going to pay if you actually properly track all this. So it would have been really silly not to do. But at the same time, I couldn't just pay someone to like go in my emails and go, um, I don't know, like into my PayPal accounts and all this. Like I feel like, yeah, it, it's just something that you need to do yourself and do a better job of. So did, yeah, did your accountant say anything about that? Like, I feel like some people, I mean, uh, some people work with bookkeepers, I guess on an ongoing basis and just pass over their expenses monthly, but maybe that doesn't make sense for people who are doing like smaller things like bands or freelancing or whatever it is. I don't know if you have any words of wisdom on that. So uh, I think I told, well, like the other day we were, I was doing this and I guess we'll just get into updates now. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. yeah, basically, like I was doing all this and I was like so frustrated by the experience. Um, and it's something that, you know, I'm just tracking in Excel and it's like dumping exports of CSVs in different formats from like PayPal and from like, you know, gathering physical receipts and all this stuff and like trying to think of uh, better ways to do it. And so what I told you was like, I think there's potentially a business idea here. Obviously, expense reporting is nothing new. But I think what you were just saying about people who are kind of in the Airbnb or like gig economy space, like there's probably a lot of people who just aren't doing it. I tried to pry a bit more into this, like um, using some tests from a book that I just finished called The Mom Test, yeah. which is a really good book on kind of sales validation uh for our product validation um and i was you know just trying to throw some casual questions around and i think the problem is like most of her clients like i was asking like so do you, do most people do this like fill all this stuff out she's like oh yeah everyone does it they fill out itemized and whatever but i think their clients are like bigger uh or okay. at least like full-time business like on this stuff um where you can dedicate more time and so I still have a lot more prying to do, but um, yeah, it didn't really help prove or disprove my theory at this point. Yeah. I almost yeah. think you need to speak 
with people who are maybe at a similar level of like being a solo person doing this. I mean, I've never heard anybody speak positively about the experience. So that's saying something in and of itself, but I don't know much beyond that because I'm similar to like you speaking with your account and I only have exposure to it in larger companies and there are literally people who their full job is doing that. So yeah, it's, really interesting and you try and dig around and there's not a lot of great resources for you know um how you can categorize certain expenses like a lot of them end up falling under this other category and like Mm -hmm. i've had it before where i've had to justify expenses and that's a whole nightmare in itself and so um yeah so it's been like quite a challenge to just get up to speed like with the proper education on on all this and I don't know. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So are you actually thinking about possibly doing something in that area? Or if so, what is your next step? Like, what are you thinking about doing to explore that? I guess that kind of comes into where I am. Yeah. Like it, at this stage, um, you know, as previously discussed, like I'm starting to do more freelancing as my main income and mm-hmm. also want to make sure that I'm putting time towards my own project uh, and that project doesn't exist right now. And so I'm keeping an ear open for what are some potential ideas. I have a huge list too. It's just really picking something that I feel uh, matches my check boxes of criteria. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I am kind of considering this. I think I'm going to do some more, uh, have some more conversations with people like you were saying about um, with people who are in that space I have, you know, quite a few connections who are, um, who have done gig economy type stuff. I'm even thinking of trying to narrow in a bit further, um, on kind of a niche because I think there's like, there's a subset of people that are probably driving Uber or like Airbnb that do it like for a few weeks and then they stop or they do like, you know, a couple grand and they might not even claim that. In fact, Mm -hmm. I, I, hypothesize that a lot of people don't claim it in terms of even putting it on their taxes but also uh doing expenses and stuff but i think there's probably a group of people that are uh and you know i'm not sure about this but there is probably a group of people who are trying to do this like making it through gig economy with like you know they're walking dogs and they're doing airbnb and kind of like piecing it together um and they might be better candidates for some someone who actually has a valid list of expenses that maybe they aren't filling out right now or they're having trouble with. And so, um, and so, yeah, I want to, I want to explore that further. Um, I definitely am interested. I think that's a good point that like making it more niche. That's exactly what I was thinking. Like the two obvious examples are Airbnb and Uber, but also that prompts something just in my head that I think is interesting, which is that, you know, you were saying maybe there's a lot of, Uber drivers or Airbnb people that just don't claim stuff. But with Uber in particular, I wonder, because I've obviously never signed up to be an Uber driver, what information you actually have to provide because I know you're working as a contractor. So is that connected to your social insurance number at all? Um, And if it's not, I mean, it's also a big issue just from like a governmental perspective if they know that this is such a massive service in our province, mm-hmm. in our country, in our city. Um, and if there's a huge percentage of people not claiming it, like it's a lot of lost income for them too. So I'm curious what control measures are in place. I'm sure they've thought about it to some extent, right? Mm, yeah, exactly. Um, 
And and that's the thing. I think I it's been a couple of years since I was in this space personally mm-hmm. with Airbnb. Um and it wasn't reported like by them. They didn't uh I don't think they even send any uh, information to the government in mm-hmm. terms of like well, the money that they pay you out. And so, yeah, it's it's something that d- just you're responsible for tracking completely on your own. Yeah. I might be off with uh, in terms of Uber and uh, like I, my information might be out of date for Airbnb as well. So there's uh, so much to unpack there and figure out. And to be honest, like... Uh, what one of the parts that like stops me from being excited about this as an idea is like i just spent like a few days hating this like Mm -hmm. and now i'm like basically trying to commit to like building something like i don't know in that exact space that i hate like dealing with because finding the information is so hard um but you know maybe it can just like help others to not do that it also doesn't check Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah, because, but also imagine if, you know, you could create the solution that you can literally, I never say this, but I hear people say it, eat your own dog food, which is just, I mean, just like if you could use your solution next year, wouldn't that be nice rather than, I don't know, spending however long you did looking through piles of receipts. Yeah, exactly. And part of this too is like, I know there are better ways to do it, even to like, um, like to set yourself up for success. Like, if I had a separate credit card, you know, just for business, I think you've mentioned that last time we were chatting and, um, and like making sure to keep everything in another account and like doing this ongoing, like, yeah, that's great. But historically it doesn't help me. And so there's almost this like mix of an educational aspect with kind of like, well, this is how you should, and it's going to make it easier for you. But if you didn't, then like here's something that can help you and that's kind of that's the fact is like i didn't do it and i don't think i'm alone in that category we'll see totally and i think it's interesting because um you know there's some platforms that are very much like education first tool second but when Mm -hmm. you look at platforms that are like automated tax filing for for people who are doing their taxes in simple situations you basically get to avoid like a big portion of the education part of it by just going through step by step and they the software alerting you of things that might apply to you might not um but you don't really necessarily need to actually build up the same level of knowledge if you were to do it yourself on you know the the paper forms that you get from the government um with that being said i'm sure there's some things that get missed by doing the more simple solution but it'd be interesting if for like you know expense filing and recording and all those kinds of things if there was like an easy walk through step-by-step process um similar to how simple tax filing is you know um Mm -hmm. obviously it's the more complicated version of it which is probably why it doesn't exist but i think about tax filing and like even like back in the day i would have to get my paper t4s and i would have to type it all in and i would have to find the line numbers and now like i just link up you know to my online cra account which seems like it could be similar for a lot of um expense filing as well like whether it like you mentioned before possibly connecting into like your mint or your bank account or whatever it is Mm -hmm. to actually just like at least get a baseline for transactions like that yeah exactly and yeah there there are tough parts about it where none of these like you know you don't want to be hooking into your client's bank account necessarily and like dealing with their financial logins and stuff. And like, you don't want to deal with like 
and and a lot of them don't have good APIs to access this type of record for obvious security reasons. But uh, that's you know doesn't stop the problem from being uh, a problem, and it also just like the way that I'm thinking about this too uh, a bit more. Uh, I've been thinking about it a bit more um, than just like build an app for that, which is like as a developer, it's so easy to to want to do that. But mm-hmm. really, you could do a, a service approach first in just like honestly, like building out the proper spreadsheet and everything that like works and and kind of pilot it that way uh, with just like going and finding some clients that you're like, hey, I'll do this for X value uh, and then kind of talking to them uh like ongoing to see if it's valuable, like what kind of data they need to be exporting. And then it kind of gives a lot more information of like how a product would evolve from that instead of jumping right into building something that probably suits only my needs, you know? Yeah, I agree with that. And also, I mean, uh, you can also just build solutions like this straight in spreadsheets you know what i mean to trial it out before building a real program because i mean if you look at all the major banks they're gonna have they are all gonna have exports for your your bank statements not like pdfs but the actual excel and it's like if you Mm -hmm. understand what those formats are and you basically just like create like you know sheets that you can duplicate or tabs that you can duplicate within a sheet um to actually like compile all that information into at least one place as a starting point like there's a lot that you could do without building any actual program that would help people i think yeah, I 100% agree. It's, it's interesting. Uh, it is interesting. It feels funny like to talk about all this. Like I know the whole learning in public and doing things in public, you know, is uh, very valuable generally. And but it it's also like my first time doing it with something that is so like, hey, I might actually do this, and then just like here's how I'm gonna do it, and like yeah. giving that information away. Um, I think more good come, will come than bad from it. But I've, I have heard even on other podcasts, there's some people that, uh, you know, um, what is it? Build your SAS is like the people who run transistor FM and they're like a bit, they are pretty sure certain that their competitors listen to their podcast because mm-hmm. it's a really good inf- source of information. Like if you could have an inside look into how a, your competitor's business runs, then why wouldn't you? And it's like half an hour a week to do that. I would be so thrilled if our current company's competitors came with a podcast. Now I'm definitely going to look to see if any of them are podcasting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like actually, no, you know what? That's, um, I totally forgot, but we do have a major competitor, um, in, in like one area of something that we do and their CEO slash founder did do a podcast that I ended up listening to. And I think you might've sent it to me actually. I was just going to say, I think this and is we the all one I sent to listened to it and we all picked it apart. And like, it's so funny because yeah, like they're doing really well and they're doing a lot of like really interesting stuff as well. Um, it's not necessarily the exact niche area that we're competing in, but it did give us a lot of interesting insights. So you're right. But I would say like from their perspective, us listening to it doesn't mean that we can compete at the level that they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's still so much hustle. You still need to go and talk to customers. You need to get them. You need to, you know, you, there's so much that goes into this. And I think it's like, yeah, sure. Here's a template. And I think that's part of what this show should be about is like, um, here's a template for how we're trying it. <laughs> we're not successful at like, or at least at the entrepreneur side yet. And mm-hmm. so, um, you know, it's just kind of like our hypotheses and like how they're, 
how we follow up on them and kind of see if it works out or not. We'll see. That's fair. I think I'm trying to, rem- I don't remember who it was that did this or if this is the exact right way of titling it, but I remember listening to something about someone who did, um, I think it was kind of a 12 startups in 12 months type challenge. Have you heard of mm. this? I have heard something about this. I can't remember where. I'm just curious to look it up. I've never actually took the time to figure out who did it or, you know, what the outcomes were. But I like the idea of it, of just trying something. And they didn't necessarily, I don't think, shut it down after month one and do something completely new. It's like maybe they kept running it in some capacity if it was kind of successful or maybe they shut it down. Um, But I do think it's kind of an interesting way of taking the fail fast idea pretty seriously in terms Mm -hmm. of experimenting with different ideas. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I've been thinking about that as well, where you're kind of just like throw up some landing pages for different ideas. And it's kind of like what sticks, you know, Um, like, yeah, it's uh, because who knows, you think something's going to be a big idea and it can flop and you think something is just not and it can completely take off. So I I think in this, you usually hear about founders um, being successful after like X number of ventures, like it's not Mm -hmm. the first one. And so just get a bunch of those out the way. (laughs) Yeah. And like, and also because I mean, some things are successful for certain periods of time and they no longer are. It's definitely one of the reasons why I look up to the CEO of my company is that in his life, he only had like, he's only ever had one job by necessity because he moved to Canada and like it was brand new to him. But otherwise his entire life since he was a preteen has just started businesses. And a lot of them were successful for a period of time. And then they like didn't make sense anymore or he wanted to pursue something more lucrative. Um, But definitely this would be like his most successful you know, venture yet in terms of what we're doing Mm -hmm. at DataHen. But he persisted on it for a long time. It's like almost was just a small side hustle for probably over five years, you know, um, until they kind of just landed that one massive contract that allowed them to turn it into like a full scale business. So it's interesting that you could keep small things running on the side that maybe aren't huge generators of income, but you never really know like if the timing just ends up being right and you're already kind of in the space um, Mm -hmm. that you would have the opportunity to like expand and grow. Yeah. Super interesting. I'm, uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopeful for this year and, you know, kind of like um, what we'll see happen. It's a really interesting time for, yeah, for just seeing like, I don't know. This is all new territory for me. Uh, I haven't been doing this uh, for like, I've had many jobs and it's been basically my only form of income is like, uh, well, that's not true. I've always had little side hustles, you know, what mm-hmm. through Airbnb and those like doing music and little things like that, but trying to go about it in a way that can like support you and sustain you is a way different thing for me. So, yeah. yeah. And there's something to be said about, I mean, of course, when you have a job, essentially you are like selling your services to a degree, but there's something to be said for like creating something and actually selling that to someone. I remember like a few years ago when I put together this workshop for a company on like agile for non-technical teams. And that was Mm. the first time I ever like sold something to someone. I'd never freelanced before. I'd never done something like that. Um, And it was such a satisfying feeling. And I was, or recently I've been thinking back to that about, um, I don't know how meaningful that was to me. And I think how meaningful it would be for anything you build to get, you know, that first sale or, you know, all of the first really. Um, But yeah, it is really satisfying to know that people want whatever it is that you put together. Absolutely. And actually, I, I've i heard about quite a few um, musicians that have 
transferred into well the entrepreneur space like pretty well because a lot of that is like you're hustling super hard like Mm -hmm. to get like minimal amount of album sales and like there is the whole growth of an audience aspect and there's like trying to get subscribers and you're trying to get people to events like you're actually like building a lot of entrepreneurial skills when you do something like that that i think translates very very much into business skills um especially (laughs) if you're the one who's managing the band and like managing setting up tours and setting up uh like merch and budgeting all that out it's it's all very applicable yeah that's fair yeah so so Uh, far this month how has it been going for you i know that last time we were talking about how you've just kind of doing a couple contracts right now um yeah curious to know a little bit more about that yeah uh yeah definitely so i am just uh like i we are just wrapping up kind of the holiday break um and i'm gonna get started on my first contract with my previous employer tomorrow uh and so i have uh they've purchased basically like three weeks of my time um and and so i'm gonna do yeah like week one of that this coming week and i'm excited for that i'm uh yeah i don't have much to report on it yet because it hasn't happened but yeah it's gonna be coming up and yeah in terms of the so i had one other client or have one other client that i've been doing some work with um and yeah that's been really in an interesting position um where I've been at, I was planning to do some work on that over the holiday break uh, because I had some, so much free time, um, but was also wanting to just settle up on our invoices before because I had like about a month of work outstanding on it. Yeah. Uh, and so I just didn't want to like, uh, we don't, <laughs> this is like my bad because we don't have an official contract set up or anything for this one, which mm-hmm. I do. Um, I'm going to bring forward moving on from now, but uh, yeah, it was like, here's the invoice, you know, it was during the holidays. So gave it uh, a couple weeks before it was due. Didn't hear anything. Uh, and so it was just in the back of my head as like something that was a bit worrying. And then I actually talked to one of the other developers that is working on this project and they were like, "Hey, did you get? Uh, did you hear from Nathan about the payments?" Uh, he knew because I was like, "Oh, I can't do any work at this point. Uh, I'm waiting until I get uh, paid." And then he was running into the same type of issue. And so, basically, what ended up happening was we kind of like, l- like banded together and said, "Like, hey, we can't move forward on this project anymore until the bills are settled." And then all of a sudden I get a message from the, you know, person who's running the project like, oh, send me your information. And so, yeah, so that was like a bit stressful. And um, also on that note, so yeah, I need to figure out a couple things there. First, like if we're going to continue working together, need to set up a contract and set up some terms. Um also, like I'm pretty swamped for this month, so it would have to be pieced around uh, other work now. You know, he's kind of coming in like, oh, I ha-, he's always coming in like, I have something in the next few days, like we need to get get it done. But w- like, I need to plan a bit further in advance for that. Yeah. Uh, the other part was that he was like, oh, I've just sent over the 
the payment, but we need to talk about your rates uh, and lowering them from here on out. And that was like a big red flag. Um, I'm not going to lie. Like my rates are not cheap, um, but (coughs) excuse me at the same time, I think, yeah, I just, so I haven't replied to that yet and I'm thinking of replying to it in like, there's a few different approaches I could go with this. Um, I'm not obviously too keen on lowering my rates. Just, Mm -hmm. um, I think there's a bit of a misunderstanding here also in just, he's not a developer, but also I came onto this project after it had already gotten started and it's using some technologies that I was not quite up to speed with yet. And so this is where there's some on-ramp time. And so some tasks take a little bit longer in the beginning. And once you get familiar with the code base, like you learn these, you know, this language, you can speak it better, you know? And so it's, uh, you know, now I've just gone through and I have a pretty good understanding of what the frameworks are that we're using. And that's kind of where, um, where I'm at now, but I don't know how much he has a good understanding of that process. And so he's seeing like, wow, these took so long. Um, these tasks took so long, but it's also that general onboarding part that kind of now it moves a bit faster. So it would be silly for him to like, throw away that or our relationship go find someone new and then you're completely onboarding again um yeah so just to wrap up on this like i'm basically thinking uh of a few different approaches um one is to say like no explain this reasoning of why you know like what is the issue here is it because you're concerned about how much time was spent on these tasks like it's gonna get faster as we go along the other is to say Yes, but and kind of say, sure, we can negotiate like a slightly lower rate for some consistency and maybe the schedule starts in February, you know, so that I can uh, and get a contract in place so that we can plan that next bit of workout in a way that is less stressful for both of us. Mm -hmm. And then the other is kind of just saying like, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have another option. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, yeah uh, I guess I could say no, um, but here's why. Um, yeah. That's fair. I mean, yeah, I'm, I don't know if it should have any weight on your decision or not, but I'm curious because you said there is another developer working on the team. I don't know if you would consider that person to be of a similar skill level to you. I'm curious, you know, what they're charging because I think the reality is, is while whatever that person is charging is not a reflection of your value, that's probably also what this person is comparing is like two different mm-hmm. rates, um, which might have prompted him to, it's just something that might've prompted him to ask about lower rates. I don't know. Um, I think, I it does think you're seem probably like, right. Yeah. It does seem like to some extent that like, if you don't have proper planning in place also that such that somebody that, you know, is freelancing for you can pick up like a chunk of work and actually execute on it. But it seems like it's coming in more piecemeal, in which case, like he's not really um, making the most of your hourly rate either, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, um, yeah, there could be better planning up front. Again, I've mentioned this before, where if we had like a project manager who is kind of like allocating work better, which is starting to get better. Um, this other developer has kind of taken more of a PM role for this. And so it has been a bit better in the, in the project management sense. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and then just to touch on your point of the rates, I'm fairly certain about the other developers are kind of doing this at, at an intro rate, you know, because they're working full-time jobs. They want to um, kind of land this as a first contract and and kind of like, I think they've lowered their rates a bit. And so I think you're right about that. There might be just like, he has an expectation of like, the, they're offering for this much value, whereas I'm only offering, you know, but I think they're just coming under, uh, which is not great for the industry overall. Uh, and so, yeah, it's worth having that conversation. That's so fair. anyway, we'll see how that goes. It's um, I'm not extremely worried about it uh, because I have other work on the go. Um, but at the same time, I want to make sure that I'm providing value to clients and not um, gouge, making them feel like they're being gouged. And so I'm just going to have a conversation with them uh, about it. And that will you know, hopefully clear things up. So that's pretty much what's going on on my end. Lots of fun and games with uh, freelancing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I'm very thankful to just have this uh, to, to deal with uh, because I could be like, you know, starving for clients and, and just like really needing to find work. And luckily that's not the case. So yeah, that's good. Awesome. How about you? What's going on with you? I feel like I've just been like eating up all this conversation. No, it's fair. I mean, I feel like you have a lot of interesting things going on, whereas I have less things going on. So that's totally fine. Um, from my side of things, I think it's same. So I started back to work last week. So I think the first few days getting back into it are always a little bit of a struggle, but, um, no works really good right now. So no complaints there. Um, so my coordinator that, uh, works in Toronto is gone for the month. So I'll primarily be working from home this month, which isn't necessarily my favorite thing to do. Um, I've worked from home, as you know, for about two and a half years on and off. Um, we do have an office in Toronto, of course, but the majority of the Toronto team members work from home quite often. Um, I prefer going into an office. Um, so I'm going to just try to create, like continue with the consistency of actually going into the office um, and getting people like yourself or anybody else who has work from home days, um, hopefully to join me. It just is a little bit more motivating for me. Um, and then outside of that, um, in terms of the interview process that I'm in, so I received, um, the case study for my final interview at the end of last week. Um, I, I worked pretty hard to kind of turn around a bunch of questions in the first 24 hours in the mm -hmm. hopes that I would receive, um, answers before the weekend, just because this is kind of my only weekend before, um, the final interview, which is basically I just have more time right now. So I didn't, so I'm kind of just, I mean, I, I spent a bunch of time working through, um, the case study yesterday. I did a work gym session, which was super helpful. I'm going to do another one today as well. Um, yeah, so I think it's going pretty well overall. Like I think I have a general direction with it and just based on my experience and research, I'm going to try to, I don't know, obviously present the best solution that I can come up with. Um, yeah, just, it's uh, really wondering, are you finding the work gym process of kind of like half hour on 10 minutes off um kind of like the pomodoros is that helping you for approaching this case because i find it it's good for certain kinds of work and it might be really good for this but for other kinds i i struggle to use the work gym for what i want to you know so i think it has worked really well for this um it also just really forces me to plan like what are you going to get done next i think some things 
um, because I've not done a lot of this before, it took a little bit longer. And today I think because there's going to be a lot of research components, I don't know how well it's going to work. I actually think my biggest downside was that sometimes you have projects that you actually just want to sit down and put like six or seven hours into. And I feel like yesterday, I think the work gym, cause I thought it was usually four hours, but I feel like it was just a three hour chunk yesterday. Hmm. And, um, and if it had have kept going after that, I would have kept going. But I found that it stopped and then I stopped. And I then I just kind of like, you know, went and like studied Spanish and did some other things and, and went to the gym. And then I, I did a little bit more work in the evening, but I just kind of wish that it kept going. I don't know. That's my only feedback. Yeah, I've been there too, where you're kind of like on a roll and then it kind of stops. And yeah, it's uh, sure you could continue on your own, but it's also it just kind of throws you off enough to kind of. Oh, well, I guess, or, or I've even had it where just my internet crashed out for a bit. And then I was kind of like out of, uh, out of the zone on it, but yeah, yeah, it is what it is. And some of those times. So I know yeah. I messaged you about it just because I was like, Oh, I feel like regardless if it's a competitive, a competitive, sorry, a competitor business or not, I just feel like there's such an opportunity for there to be something like this that's actually operating on a 24 hour basis, especially mm -hmm. just because there's so many communities online that, you know, it's actually just members who are moderators. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so I just feel like there's got to be enough people that are passionate about it operating 24 hours that they would volunteer their time to moderate. And it might, <clears throat> I wouldn't say that it would be the, maybe the same skill level or engagement as maybe the paid employees at the work gym, but also mm -hmm. it might be because there's like so many people that are so passionate about being moderators of different forums and different websites and things like that, that I think the hardest part would be like finding an initial base of people, um, you know, to, to be on the, the platform. I think so. Yeah. I think that's a really great idea. Uh, I think it just proves that they're, onto something really good too, like in terms of um, saying, hey, there's opportunity there for, you know, I think we've both said this, like the, it just feels like they're not always at the right time that you want or like it would be nice to have a preference uh, choice of what time you can go onto this service and, and actually get some focused work done because, yeah, uh, even, you know, it's not super consistent in what times are each day. Uh, mm -hmm. So even that could help. But yeah, if there was more access all around the clock, you could even see it. Uh, and this is kind of, I don't know, maybe it, it possibly wouldn't be as valuable either. I don't want to discount their moderators, just like you're saying as well. Um, but like you could see maybe a lower level tier that is just running constantly where there's an automated um, kind of like timer like okay stop now and then we'll s start again in 10 minutes and uh kind of like an automated bot that's kind of running and then people could pick up where that leaves off when there's actually a human moderator that's available yeah. it's interesting because there's also this kind of niche genre of youtube videos which are study with me youtube videos where people just not some people do do it live but some people just record themselves studying for I don't know three hours and post it on YouTube and other people will just watch the video while they study because there's just some it feels like accountability do you know what I mean mm -hmm. just at least just the level of oh this person sat down and did it for three hours so I'm gonna do the same thing but you could I mean you could live stream you know ongoing Pomodoro sessions obviously I can't do it 24 hours a day but um I don't know even if you switched hosts or whatever it is I know it doesn't have the same video interactivity but it operates off of 
a similar concept, which is just creating some type of accountability. And sometimes it doesn't need to be that you see me. Sometimes it's a almost like a false a false sense of accountability that there's just another just person doing brain. it. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, I mean, it's, it's clear to me that I think some of the things that I struggle with um, in terms of working from home while people glamorize it is that lack of accountability. And I think that the reason why the work gym is so successful is because there's clearly other people that struggle with the same thing, you know? Um, otherwise, I don't think that they would be doing it. Yeah, the social part of it is very important i think um or at least yeah yeah i'm gonna stick with that like i think it's just very important that it's not just like a, a method that you can do on your own because uh, like i think they even offer you the template to like go and add this to your calendar and you can run it on your own and give you the spreadsheet all for free but that doesn't have the same value for me as going on seeing that there's a, a group that's uh, actively you know, just like hustling hard. And yeah, that's, that's super valuable. Yeah. So something to think about, um, because I even remember before I knew about the work gym, considering um, just live streaming myself during my work day. This was when I was deep in just working from home alone for like a long time. Um, didn't do it, but clearly it was coming from the same, the same place, you know? Mm hmm. So yeah, I mean, <clears throat> there's not a lot of big news on my side um, in terms of today and this week. I'm really just going to try to get this case study together, and then I'm I'm hoping um, I'm hoping for the best. Um, we'll see how it goes. I'm trying just not to stress out too much about that, um, and just kind of you know do my best. That's really all. Yeah, that's great. Um, cool. Anything else? Or where? Yeah. Okay. Well, where can people find us if they want to get show notes and? Uh, I don't know, other stuff. <laughs> Definitely. So you can find us at workpalspodcast.com or you can find follow us on Twitter at workpals. Great. See you later. Bye.